Hello and welcome to End Goals, an LCMS Youth Ministry podcast. I'm host Reverend Mark Kiesling and I'm with DCE Juliana Schultz. We are here to bring parents, church workers, and lay leaders discussions and resources to help your youth ministry meet its end goal, which is young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life. Today we're going to talk about campus ministry and transitioning young people into next steps in college. It is that time of year when seniors start to get very excited and also Mm -hmm. very nervous about (laughs) finishing high school. And there's a lot of emotions that can come with that from sadness to joy, excitement, uh, anxiety, getting prepared. Mark, what do you remember about that time of transition from high school to college for you? Yeah, a lot. I, I mean, I had a really good high school experience, certainly. So was very blessed that way. But I never moved. So I had grown up in the same town. So Mm. college was my first big transition in life. So learning that independent thing, going away from home. I seem to recall one weekend in the first quarter where I was about ready to quit and go back home. I think it was bad. Got got lost in the big city. That kind of stuff. Don't belong here. But by God's grace, made it through and had a great college experience. Yeah. How about you? Um, I was one of those high school seniors who just could not decide Mm. what I wanted to do. I applied to probably a dozen different colleges. I made my parents take me and visit. I had like eight of them. And I finally kind of hit a fallback position where it's like, I I guess this is just what I'm going to do moving forward. Went on a mission late in my senior year and came back and was like, just kidding. I want to go to a college that I haven't even applied to yet. Don't know if I can get financial aid for and one that we haven't visited. And it's <laughs> all that work. April. And so God is good. And there was financial aid available. And I went and visited in the summer when there was no students there. Oh, wow. um, <laughs> and was like, yep, this is the right call. And it was right. Yes. And was really blessed um, by my experience there. And so but it took it was it was a rough it was a rough year, right. a senior year. And then the transition went really, really well. So a little, you got college students who, and high school students who are a little bit all over the board, right? Sure, sure. Yep. And so certainly our 2017 research on millennials and the LSMS found that many felt as they went through that transition, our young people felt maybe a little unsupported by the church during those life transitions, maybe forgotten sometimes. And we also found that many who left the church did so during that critical transition between high school and college. So just those relationships got broken, maybe didn't get reconnected on a college campus. And just maybe some of those things fell away. So we knew that that transition out of youth ministry and into whatever is next for young people can be a time when the world, the devil, and our sinful nature can draw them away from the church. And it's important that we pay particular attention to helping teens transition and maintain their faith in college and preparing them for that transition as well. So joining us today is someone who regularly serves college students to help us explore how we can support young people in this critical time. Uh, Pastor Jay Winters is has served University Lutheran in Tallahassee since 2007. He grew up on the mission field as the son of a missionary in the Philippines, where he lived until he was almost 13. Pastor Jay got his undergraduate degree at Concordia University in Nebraska and Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. It was while he was at the Concordia Seminary that he became interested in campus ministry work. So he did his vicarage assignment at First Lutheran in Gainesville, Florida, the campus ministry of the campus of the University of Florida. And then after completing his time at Concordia Seminary, Pastor Jay was called to University Lutheran in Tallahassee. While in Gainesville, Pastor Jay met his wife, Liz, and they have three daughters, Cricket Bell, Tempest Jane, and Willow. And Pastor Jay, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. So, Jay, I don't know, maybe was it an empty campus at Seward that drew you in as well on your visit? But if not, we, we got to hear, hear you about briefly in your bio. But tell us something more about your vocations, your role in campus ministry and other things that bring you joy. 
Sure. The thing that that I thought when uh, when Juliana said that was it, it was in summer, so <laughs> there, there, there was no snow. That's true. That was a bonus. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> but yeah. So uh, I uh, a little bit more about me. The the bio got a lot about me. I'm I'm blessed to be here in Tallahassee, Florida, and it's it, it's a great place to be. I enjoy all sorts of different things. I. I, I I'm a home brewer. I'm one of those that that stick around, and I, I'm really into music, which is a, a fun thing to be in a college town and and be able to be close to a local music scene. So those are kind of the big things for me. That's awesome. One of the things we love to hear from leaders is about their junior high and senior high school years. Uh, can you share us how Jesus used some key moments or moments uh, or people even to help you uh, be closer to him and the church? Yeah, as you put in, in reading my bio, I, I moved to the United States when I was in about seventh grade. And that is not a time that I would recommend anybody switching no. cultures. It was, uh, you know, pr pretty crazy to uh, go from uh, being in the Philippines to being in the United States. And the the thing about moving here that really helped me out was I had some great junior youth leaders mm. named the, the Eblings, and mm. they were able to actually kind of get me connected with people in my youth group. And those were people then that uh, that really started to to be trusted friends. And that was one of the the weird things for me kind of moving into a new culture was I, I wasn't quite sure how to tr who to trust or how to trust. And and so they provided that environment and that place for me to just land and know that I'm loved not only by Christ, but also by his body, the church. Awesome. I'd love to hear about a welcoming community that way, going through a tough transition like that and be able to find uh, people you can connect with for sure. So get to work in campus ministry now. What do you love about that? Working with college students and on those campuses and also in your community and like probably pretty unique setting sometimes for ministry, being in a college town such as Tallahassee. Yeah. So University Lutheran is, is kind of a weird place. We are a we, we're a student and non-student community. So we have mm -hmm. non-students who are a part of, of our church group. And yet we're situated directly on the campus of Florida State University. We used to be sort of across the street from the university and then the university grew and they kind of grew around us. And and so it's it's an interesting place to be. And and it's a place that really kind of shows that there's there's such a value to that inter intergenerational interaction. And so as I serve here, it, it's it's really just kind of uh, one of those things of yeah, it, it's it's a very clear perspective on how important it is to connect people with one another. Yeah, yeah. And so as we're approaching kind of that high school graduation, well, and college graduation too, but we have lots of students who are preparing for college, preparing for university, preparing for moving away for the first time. What are some ways the church can support recent graduates as they approach that transition? Yeah, I remember when I was going off to college myself, and I remember my church did this great thing that I recommend like every church do. And that was just keep an eye on who your student is. And they would send me regular care packages. Mm -hmm. And it was just such a great thing to get those care packages. And they were filled with you know, stuff that I liked and stuff that I didn't like. They were filled with random stuff and weird stuff sometimes. But <laughs> 
every time one of those care packages came in, it just told me like, oh, there are people out there who care about me. And that was a really important line for me back to my local church to be able to go, oh, okay. So while I'm here, while I'm, I'm physically far away from my home church, there's, there's this connection that I have with them and they're still thinking about me. They're still thinking about me enough that they're going to like the Dollar Tree and picking up you know, random candy and they're send, they're packaging that up and making the trip to the post office and sitting in that line. And I, like, that's a huge deal. And so that or just anything, just keep that that line of communication open with the student, I think is really important for somebody at a church, especially if the student is moving away. Now, there's plenty of, of places where the student's not necessarily moving away that far. And, and I think the same principle applies. It's just that the care package probably doesn't work in the same way. But the principle, I think, still applies because as you're going through that, that change, even if you don't go anyplace physically, you're going someplace mentally, you're going someplace emotionally. And to know that people are still there for you, that they're just, they're not just like, you sort of graduated youth group, so <laughs> see you later. Uh, but to have that continued sense of, okay, somebody does care about me, somebody does want to keep this conversation open with me, that is so big. And I think it's so big, especially I've been through a, two generations of, of college students now, two kind of generational groupings. Mm -hmm. I started off with millennial college students and now I've got Gen Z college students. And I think even more so Gen Z college students are wanting that open door to the the places that they're from. And they don't want to have that sense of like, my my community has, has distanced themselves because they've, they never grew up in a place where distance really made any kind of a difference in terms of connection. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So true. Yeah. So we could probably sit here and tell stories about some of the struggles of college that was in our day, but certainly new challenges <laughs> that are there for campus students of the day or college students of the day on campuses. What are some of the things that you've seen, or maybe you talked about two generations, what are some of the things maybe you've seen change over the years of doing campus ministry that you see today's college students and maybe again, like even in your church, those that are trying to give that intergenerational connection to, what do you see them struggling with the conversations that are taking place? How do we help college students be prepared for that as they, they head into that transition? Sure. Yeah. I think probably one of the biggest things that's a change from the millennial generation to Gen Z is just the the rate at which the anxiety plagues mm -hmm. them. I, I mean, I've, I think we've seen that all over the news and, and in all of the, the research about this generation is that they're just more prone to anxiety. And I, I think that's something that I've definitely seen. I remember reading something several years ago that that said that anxiety had, had now eclipsed depression as the most common uh, form of, of kind of mental struggle for, for college students. And I thought, oh, that's interesting because it used to be depression was the big thing. And, and it's not like those two things are unrelated, but right. now anxiety is leading instead of sort of following depression. And yeah, as as a campus minister, thankfully, I'm, I'm here at a university that actually kind of works along with campus ministry. So I've had lots of conversation with our counseling and psychological services group. And one of the things that they pointed out that I think is, is worthwhile mentioning 
is this sort of sense of a false front. Yeah. So, you know, if you if you grew up with social media, you kind of had this sense of you had to curate your life and you had to kind of say, okay, this is what my life is looking like. And I'm going to start to present this life that is maybe not perfect, but it's probably better than what I'm actually living. And and as you get into that, you start living that out in your in your own interactions with people and one of the things that we see happening with a lot of college students is that they have that false front, even in relationships with parents, relationships with friends, relationships with professors, relationships all over the place. And it's very rare that they actually have a relationship that they can say, this is truly who I am. I can show you my failure. I can show you my my stuff. I can show you where I feel like I'm not living up to my own expectations. And I think the more that they have those opportunities to have those places where they can pull down that that false front and really say, hey, this is who I am, then they're more able to actually deal with some of that stuff that's causing the anxiety because a lot of that anxiety is coming from behind that screen of trying to put up that false front. So that's one of the things that I've I've noticed. I think another thing that I've noticed has been and this gets into probably some some pretty hectic language, but the lack of a meta narrative, the lack of a big story, something that's overarching that everybody understands. We've got a few of those things that maybe are there culturally, but I think the more and more we see things, the more and more we see that those stories are getting spread apart. And I think we see that very easily in things like politics where politics itself used to be sort of this meta narrative. It used to be this one story that was overarching over everything. And then it started splitting into this partisan sense of like, okay, my politics is uh, you know, more to the right or my politics is more to the left. And yeah, if, if I don't share your view, it seems like you're coming from a completely different world. And that's the case, not only in politics, but that's also the case a lot of times with people in sexuality. That's mm-hmm. the case with a lot of people in their socioeconomic level. That's the case for a lot of people that they're, they're approaching life, but there's not a common ground. And so they're searching for common ground on the university campus that they're at, trying to find some people that will believe in a a way that is similar to them. And that's a new thing because in the past, I think students were able to say, generally speaking, most people kind of think the same way I do. They believe a lot of the same things that I do, but now we're seeing this fracturing and this, uh, you know, this sort of prisming effect that is breaking that meta narrative up into several different streams. Wow, there's a lot yeah, to next, chew on next in that. episode. <laughs> we need to bring you back to talk about that more. Uh, but you know, I think about how you talk about anxiety and really how young people might be struggling with with trying to really understand what truth is <laughs> with that with that meta narrative is that they're going to be thinking about, and that can be hard when their home congregation and their support system is far away. You kind of talked about keeping those lines of communication open, but are there other ways that congregations can support young people as they as they pass through college and as they have some of those struggles or ways that they can those congregations can partner with say campus 
those ministries or where that young person lands to help support them? Absolutely. Probably the biggest thing is to let people that are close to whatever campus that student is at, let the the churches, let the campus ministries that are close to that college know that that student is there. Uh, that's one of the most difficult challenges when it comes to trying to serve college students is that a lot of times uh, we uh, we don't know that they're on campus. Uh, they, they maybe have grown up and went through confirmation and all sorts of fun stuff at your local church, but they may not even have the, the social tools themselves to say, Hey, I, I, I'm a Lutheran. I'd kind of like to go to your church, those kind of things. And so starting to build those connections for us and, and starting to build those bridges helps so that it can be like sort of a healthy triangle that you're connecting with the church that's close by, you're still maintaining that uh, connection at your home church and that the student is kind of in the middle of that and it's forming that triangle so that everybody can kind of support that student. I think that's a huge thing. And uh, most of the time, if there's a problem with this, it's a problem that it comes about that nobody kind of knows where the student is at. Like we, we do a, a call around to a bunch of the churches here in Florida to try to see who's coming and we'll talk to people. And a lot of times we'll hear, Oh, I don't know who's actually graduating. Hmm. And, and, and they have to like go and find out. And that's, that, that's a real thing. And so I think probably the first thing is try to figure out who's graduating. It's something that I have to do on the other side of this, where we're trying to send students out to their new home church, wherever Mm -hmm. that might be. Those sneak up on me too. I get how it happens because it's like, oh, you're graduating? Oh man, where are you going? (laughs) Like, where are you headed? And and so I I, like trying to send that student rather than just assuming that that student is going to come with everything uh, kind of preloaded and be ready and, and knowledgeable about how to look some, what, what's the nearest LCMS church? What's the nearest church that you can go to? Uh, a lot of them aren't, aren't necessarily going to know that. Jay, you kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier in the conversation that campus ministry and ministry to college students might look a little different in different contexts. So again, you might find an LCMS church that's in a city with a campus that maybe they're not the campus ministry. That's not a huge part of their budget or staffing or whatever it might be, but yet want to engage with college students. And these might be their own that uh, were confirmed and went through high school ministry at them, but there's also maybe new students coming in as well. As we've seen statistically recently too, we've had maybe more young people going to community college. So they're staying in the area and doing two year, maybe still living at home or going uh, independent, getting their own apartments and living on their own. What are maybe some first steps that you would encourage a congregation that wants to maybe get into campus ministry? How do they welcome college students to their church, but then also maybe be able to get onto campus and be able to do maybe Bible studies or fellowship things, that type of thing. Where would you start if you were a a campus ministry? Sure. So I, I tell everybody who's interested in campus ministry that your first step, walk the campus, try to figure out parking. Sometimes parking on a college (laughs) campus can be interesting. That's, that's challenge number one, maybe. And then after that, yeah, just walking the campus and getting a sense of who's there. It's especially helpful if you've already got that that first person of peace, that first you know student who actually goes to that campus. Mm-hmm. But some churches are they, they want to do something, but they don't currently have a student. 
So I think that first step is just walk around the campus, start noticing things, and especially start noticing needs, start noticing what Mm -hmm. it seems like, okay, maybe these students could use this, maybe these students could use that. And that's one thing that a lot of congregations have that they don't realize is going to be a huge draw is a lot of congregations have a building, they have space. And a lot of college campuses, Mm -hmm. finding space is really difficult. Now, you, you might have to figure out how to sell your church council on, hey, is it okay that the the Florida State University Cereal Eating Club meets in our our fellowship hall. But once you, you get them there, there's this real sense of hospitality that's mm-hmm. there. And so finding those things out is really important. And so it, it, it's all about understanding where the students are coming from and understanding, okay, this is something that they they could use. This is something that they could uh, they could really benefit from because unfortunately i think sometimes we think about campus ministry as being something where it's just about okay how can we get more students into our building mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. if you just break apart the word campus ministry ministry just means service and so what a campus ministry should be is some something that is serving campus and we're serving campus with Christ's love. But, you know, sometimes that doesn't look at first like, all right, we're opening up the doors on Sunday morning, so come on in. A lot of times that's not going to be a real effective thing to start to start that conversation. Mm-hmm. And so the conversation might start someplace else, but that's always going to be your goal is to bring them even closer to Jesus, but recognizing that bringing them closer to Jesus a lot of times means that that's starting off pretty far away from Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and so you've got that, that sense of just, you know, learning where the students are coming from. And if you've got a student that's worth its weight in gold, especially if you've got more than one, because then they can start tell, telling you all of those things because walking around campus will help you start to understand that. But eventually you just have to come up with a bid and you have to say, okay, I've got this thing that I can do for you. I can we we can open up our church and have it be a study center for you. We'll we'll kick up the AC on a off peak time, and we'll make sure that our Wi Fi is better. We'll we'll talk to <laughs> our internet service provider, and we'll we'll boost it up a little bit. And you guys can come and study here for free, and we'll we'll have something better out than Folgers Coffee, and yeah. And, <laughs> Right. A lot of times it's just that simple. It's trying to figure out what those needs are. And that's where I tell everybody who's interested in starting campus ministry is that you need to have that sense of what what is needed on my campus and how can I start to provide for that need? How can I start to get there with them? And I love seeing how campus ministries can get creative with that, whether that's providing food or at extra hands moving into dorms, all sorts of, of ways that they can do that. What, we've talked a little bit about some of the struggles you see with college students. What are some of the, maybe the unique joys that you find in working with college students? Oh, they're all over the place. It, it's, it, I, yeah, I've, I've been in this job for a long time, so it has to come with some joys. <laughs> and I think primarily the joy for me is that moment when I see a college student get it. Because a lot of times what happens in college is that 
whatever you got in youth group or whatever you got in uh, Sunday school when you were a little kid, or maybe you didn't get any of that and you're getting it for the first time. But what happens in, in college a lot of times is that that kind of clicks for whatever reason. And that moment of it clicking and sort of the light bulb coming on and it's starting to make sense in all sorts of myriad ways in their lives. That's what I live for. That That is it. So that's a, a super big joy. I think another big joy is it keeps me young. I mean, I, like I'm sure that every youth minister on the planet says that. And, but it's totally true. I keep up with, with my hip hop because I'm working on a college campus. And, and so it, it's just kind of that, that sense of like, okay, I understand cultural items out there in a way that maybe other people my age wouldn't. And that's super fun. That's great. And I think outside of that, it, there's, there's probably one more thing that, that really gets me. And that is just seeing the, the joy of community that happens between college students, mm -hmm. that joy when they are a, a living life with one another, they are holding up one another in Christ. They're forgiving one another. They're telling one another that it's, it's going to be okay. We're going to get through this. I'm going to pray for you. Seeing that interaction between students, that that's huge. Yeah, it really is a unique time. I mean, when you think right. about being around peers your age for those extended time, I mean, high school, you're kind of there. I mean, we're going through school, you obviously that, but here you're 24 seven with peers, your own age and walking through life together that way. It really is a unique thing. And, and I, I guess talking a little bit, maybe about that transition now, when they graduate from high school where they're now they don't have that after maybe having four years of really close friendships, walking through life's joys and challenges. How do you, you kind of mentioned this before about connecting with your graduating uh, young people from college. How do you help young people make that transition now then to the next step into like finding a church, whatever it might be? And how can the home congregation still, if they're showing support to the people they confirmed and baptized and walked with them through this, how can they be showing support to people as they now go off into careers or other places, start families, whatever it might be in their new home? Yeah, I would say, it, let me tell a story about that. So sure. I had this great student. He was president of our uh, of our Lutheran Student Fellowship group. And he was a high-powered engineer type of guy. He came out of college making all sorts of money. He would have been a great tither. And and he he hit a like he he hit where he moved to and started visiting local congregations. And time after time after time, he got this sense that everybody saw him as just another kid. Mm. And he was like, but that's not who I am. And that's something that I think a lot of times we have to recognize about college students that are leaving college is that they've gone through this massive experience and they feel maybe not quite like a hardened adult. Maybe they don't quite feel like they're like, completely adult living, mm -hmm. but they don't also, they also don't feel like they're a kid. And so you know, I try when we're sending students out, I try to let them know, Hey, this is going to happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you drop in that congregation for the first time, they're going to look at you like you're 12 years old. You need to just be okay with that mm -hmm. and, you know, start where you can and kind of move your way up. And, but on the congregation side, I definitely think 
recognize these students for or ex students now for the abilities that they have for the amazing vocations that they're stepping into and really see them as people that can offer something to the congregation because that's who they are and that's what they want to do they want to pour in to that congregation if they're visiting it they most of the time if you've got a college student who has been connected while they they're in college and then makes that extra step of then getting connected after college they don't want your congregation to do anything for them anymore they want to pour back into that congregation. And so give them the opportunities to do that. Great. I love that attitude and, and helping find those places where we, we can set some high expectations for those young people, even if they are just coming out of college. We know that the transition to college is a spot where a lot of young people leave the church. So maybe just to kind of close up our time thinking about, you know, we have people who are listening who are caring for high school students right now who want to see them um, move on through that transition of college and into adulthood and and begin to pour back into congregations, as you said, what kind of encouragement would, get, would you give those youth leaders helping college students transition and right now? Yeah, don't give up. Mm-hmm. There's a, I'm a great example of don't give up. I, I went off to college and I did not get connected with the local church right away. In fact, I, I probably did the opposite. And, and yet there was still something that connected me up to the church. And a part of that was that ongoing connection. Like when, when we started this whole thing off, a part of that was those care packages. And I knew that that connection with the church was still there, even in those moments of dormancy for me. And almost every college student I, I know is going to have a little bit of that moment of dormancy. Sometimes that's a very healthy thing because that means that they're pushing away so that they can think. Sometimes that's less of a healthy thing because they're getting involved in other stuff, but don't give up. That That's always my, my first thing is that don't give up on that student. Continue to connect with them. Continue to ask them like, hey, have you got connected with you know, this church or, or whatever? And just see where it goes and let their answers be what their answers are. Mm-hmm. If they say, no, I haven't. And it's been four years and it didn't look, doesn't look like I'm going to keep going. You know, it, you never know what's going to happen. And uh, I've seen a lot of students in their senior years that have come to me and they've said, Hey, I, I haven't done anything here, but now I'm really kind of interested in this because I realized that I'm moving on into my vocation mm-hmm. and maybe they thought I, I don't need that connection with the church while I'm here. But as I move into the vocation, maybe I do now. Mm-hmm. There's other students that, you know, will get involved right away and they're fantastic. But you also, you know, from the side of the youth youth person or the home congregation that's connecting with them, you need to make sure that that's continuing to go. So yeah, keep, keep them in your prayer list, keep them in your phone. That's my dirty trick is every week I look back at the last two weeks of texts and just go, all right, who do I need to connect up with? Yeah, you know, who, who's in that like two week zone of I haven't texted with you in about two weeks and what's going on? Like, how are you doing? Those kind of things. Just keep that line of communication. Thank you so much for, for joining us and sharing us your wisdom. This has been a, a great conversation. Thanks for having me.
I think one of the most eye-opening things um, that I ever heard from somebody who you know, works with students on campus was that there's really only 90 days that mm-hmm. separates a high school senior mm-hmm. from a college freshman. And that, for me, kind of put into perspective this idea of like, yeah, that is not very long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yet mm-hmm. in our minds and in mm-hmm. our culture, we expect kind of dramatically different things from our high school seniors than we do from a college freshman. And so really kind of for me, taken to kind of using that as sort of a motto to say like, hey, you know what, the church really like those 90 days doesn't make a, a whole lot of difference. We still, there's still a lot of support that's needed. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot of uh, communication that's needed. There's still plenty of care uh, to do in order to help support a young person's faith life as they make that transition into college. Mm-hmm. Certainly thankful for people like Jay and others that work in campus ministry in a lot of different aspects and, and contexts of that, of, of welcoming college students, of providing LCMS congregations ways that they can connect their students to a person and to a church body, or, I mean, to a church and to a worshiping community and to a welcoming community too. It's just such a blessing. I I, I just think of, again, those uh, times that we saw in our data, it's of course cross Christianity too, but that transition, like you said, it might only be 90 days, it might be a summer, but a lot can happen. And there's a lot going on in the life of a college student. And for the church to walk alongside a young person, their home church, but then also having a place for them to connect is just so vital. And I, I think to have that serious conversation with the high school students themselves to say, because we love you, we want to prepare you for this and what can happen and and what's going to pull on your time and your commitment. And we want to be able, be able to find a place. And I love it. You know, Jay talks about the, the I guess, the patience in it that, you know, I mean, what a cool thing to be able to have a senior who comes and says, you know what, I've been really engaged, but yet I see it. The Holy Spirit's working in my life. And I see I want to be more engaged because of what I see coming ahead of me now, my vocation. I'm taking that seriously. I want to get engaged in, in how the Holy Spirit works through uh, His word, through God's word. And certainly we give thanks for people praying for them back home, mm-hmm. campus ministry that's welcoming them, inviting to them. And it's just because we love young people and we want them to know Jesus and stay connected to Him. So really thankful for those people who invest that time into that. I think it's really helpful for a congregation to, uh, as Jay said, uh, kind of keep those lines of communication mm-hmm. open. And, and that takes planning, right. right? It takes planning now and into the future for, okay, how are we going to send care packages? Yep. You know, how are we connecting with maybe our local campuses? Mm-hmm. It takes time and energy, but I, we're still worth it, right? Yep. We know that that can be a really critical time. And I, we've seen equally, uh, seen statistics that say when when uh, young people know that there's somebody back home, whether that's a family member or a person mm-hmm. at church who's, mm-hmm. who's going to ask them mm-hmm. um, about mm-hmm. where they've been attending worship, they some of them do go and find mm-hmm. churches just for mm-hmm. that reason. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate, I think, you know, Jay said that one thing he's seen with, we've talked about this in, I think, our mentoring episode and some other places that we think, you know, this generation really appreciates that and wants that and wants yeah. that support. And so when the church can be that place and support of parents and others, what a blessing it is. And great to also be keeping your eyeballs open for those new graduates, ones that are just leaving mm-hmm. college yep. now, who are getting ready to step out into a professional life, who may be moving into your area uh, and being able to say, uh, hey, we see you and we're, we want to incorporate you. We want to support you in this new set of transitions right, that right, you have right, yeah. um, into adult life, which, you know, Jay talks about college students not really feeling like, quite like adults yet. And mm-hmm. uh, I think maybe as, as older adults have figured out, I don't think you ever really yeah, totally feel like, like you're adult life. Yeah. So, uh, so helping them kind of navigate that as yeah. well. Uh, you know, youth ministry, continuing on into that adult ministry, we talk about those transition times being such a, a critical moment that can really either draw some 
somebody closer to the church or or be an opportunity for for them to get pushed away. And so some really important times for us to be talking about and thinking about and planning for in our transition. So uh, a couple of closing questions. One, how are you helping your current high school seniors prepare for that transition into college? How is your congregation helping your members who are away at college stay connected to your home church, but also finding Christian community on campus? And finally, how are you helping uh, those new college graduates step into their new vocations as adult life as a part of the church? We are going to continue to keep you in our prayers as you prepare for celebrating all sorts of graduations, both high school and college, and as you think and pray for young people who are working through those transitional times in life. Angles Podcast is a production of LCMS Youth Ministry and KFUO Radio. To find out more about LCMS Youth Ministry or to find links to resources mentioned, go to kfuo.org slash youth ministry. Thank you for listening and caring for the young people of our church. Thank you.